Hey everyone, and thanks for listening to Season 3, Turn Up The Talk. If you're interested in our podcasts, please like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and follow us on socials at Turn Up The Talk. Just a reminder, this is a mental health podcast, so some content discuss may be triggering for some. If you're not feeling up to it, hit pause, come back another day, we're not going anywhere. If it is an emergency, please don't hesitate to contact the Lifeline on 13 11 14. That is a 24-hour service. Thank you and enjoy. Turn up the talk podcast. Tackling mental health together. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Turn Up The Talk. You're joined by Pat Clifton, Lockie Drew Morris, and Luke Moretti. How are we, boys? Good party yourself? Yeah, mate, I'm good. Pretty excited for today's episode, for sure. We have another comedian on, mate. And, um, yeah. What a way to set the platform, the leading uh, comedian in Australia. Am I allowed to talk? Mate, jump in. Oh, okay, sweet. Okay, yeah. We didn't even introduce you. Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) Will Gibb. Hello. Hello, welcome. Uh, this is my podcast, and I just love it, and it's so sick. And these are my three sexy uh, sort of slave guys that help me out, so it's pretty fun. Gibby, what have you been up to in lockdown? A lot of masturbating, and uh, other than that, a lot of crying. So there's a bit of that, Good a bit mix. of this. But- Fuck, I'm glad I'm not the only one. Are you crying, are you crying after the but masturbating? Jeering. Jeering, wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, um, I've been uh, trying to work on comedy, obviously. Um, that's sort of, yeah, the, the old the gig. And uh, yeah, it's been going pretty well. It's pretty fun. Just trying to uh, stay busy and active uh, without breaking any laws. So that's always fun. What's been the hardest law to not break? Uh, no crying while masturbating. <laughs> no, um, no uh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe not uh, just being a piece of shit. Yeah, that's right. hard for yeah, me, especially. Yeah, for I'm you it is really hard. Uh, Will, so I've known you for a while now. Lucky enough to be in your good mates coming on 10 years, probably. Yeah, my top 30 friends, you would be in there. Yeah, you'd be in my top 50 for sure. Yeah, top, yeah, 35, yeah. 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 <laughs> and, um, I mean, people who know you always know how funny you've been and kind of that career of comedy has always been for you, but the platform TikTok has just kind of kick-started your career heavily. You're kind of taking it off, if mm. you could say. Would you agree with that? Yes, I would. It was weird because I never wanted to do it. And every time that I did uh, like videos on Instagram or something, it was only to my friends. And I was like, oh, I want to just, you know, try and get it to other people. And then obviously this weird app comes along that everyone's using. And it took me a while to convince myself to do it, as is a lot of things. Like you always, I think the hardest part with doing a lot of stuff is starting. That's always the hardest bit is envisioning just beginning something new. And then once you dive into that and take that step, maybe sometimes it isn't as big as some people might think. So I'm still doing the same stuff. I'm just posting it somewhere else. And I was fortunate enough to sort of have one or two videos go well. And then from there, I could kick on and just keep building my platform. So you've hit on nearly 200K followers, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. Hit the big 175 yesterday, which is nice. Um, And I think I'm ready to start an army and take over (laughs) uh, Sydney. So if anyone's interested. What was your motivation for it? I mean, Obviously, you've seen Pat's TikToks. Did you did you take any uh, advice uh, off him uh, or um? Yeah, yeah. I took advice on how to get bullied by eleven year olds on every video I post <laughs> from Pat Clifton. Um, 
Yeah. No, I don't know. My, my inspiration was um, realizing that comedy is something now that you really need to build your own audience. I mean, you know, there are so certain ways to make it big, but the main way to sort of make the money and get a good career is by doing it yourself. And when an app like this comes along, that gives you the opportunity to go from no followers to however many in a couple months is sort of like you'd be silly to turn it off, I think, or not not to use it. So I think that was my main inspiration, just for self-growth, very selfish. But, uh, you know, I look at it as a tool to grow my audience. What would you say some of the kind of downfalls of getting that that kind of following and building on an online platform that I guess you could call a type of social media? Yeah. Well, I think there's there's two. I find that there's two downfalls. The first one is uh, obviously like I'm addicted to it. And I'm very happily addicted to my mobile phone and social media. And I don't think, you know, I'll deny that. It's literally sitting right here. And I've been looking at it for about 35 minutes. Um, And like, yeah, like obviously I'm addicted to it. And I'm like posting a video and then every 10 minutes I'm scrolling notifications and I'm just checking them and fucking hell, I'm only on, you know, 800 views in 10 minutes. This is so shit. Like the videos, I'm a failure, especially before I hit 100K and it hadn't like, because I think I'm in a quite a great position now where I've established myself quite well on the app. But before I'd done that and I had like, what, 20,000 followers, I was like, oh, this is it. That was fun. Done. I'm over. I'm finished. So there was that. And now that I've reached a bit of a following, a weird downfall is sometimes I'm very cautious in public because a lot of, I just have had some terrible, not terrible, but some bad interactions with people that might recognize me in public. Which aren't fun. Have you ever been? Have you ever been told to t- t- call the uh, the TikTok guy? Yeah, yeah. That's my. That's the. Oh, you're the guy from. The, the, it's the, you're the guy from TikTok, which I love. Like some people have problems with that. I'm. I love it. Like thank you. Like thank you for recognizing me. But sometimes people are like, um, they won't say anything, and they might like just laugh as I walk by, and you know they might just like take a photo. Like yesterday night. I was on a bike ride and I had to go into Woolies. So I'm halfway through putting my mask on and I'm, you know, like dealing with my bike. I've got all this fucking shit on me. I look ridiculous and I'm so disheveled and sweaty from a bike ride. And there are these kids like taking photos of me and I'm like, oh, come on guys. Like just come say hello or something like, don't just not say it. And then I'm, I feel like an idiot and I'm already quite an anxious person. So when I've got this whole element of like, well, these people are now laughing at me. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. That just adds onto like, not nice. 100%. So what are, apart from that, like you said, you can have some bad interactions with people. What are some of them that you've had? Oh, boy. I mean, I I teach at schools and I will walk into a class and I'm greeted with uh, an onslaught of, oh, you're that fucking piece of shit from blah, blah, blah. And now I've got no control over the class. One time um, I was like sort of followed through Bondi Junction. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Some people are great. Most people are fantastic. Will, you spoke about uh, recognizing that sort of, you recognize how your attitude and how your behavior might be affected because of what's happening with TikTok and mm. things like that. How have you, how are you on top of that now? Is it just accepting that it's all part of the process? Is it the fact that you've had more experience with it? What, what helps you? Uh, learning. It helps me um, because I think it's weird because, you know, I, I've realized now that maybe I've got more of an influence than I think on social media. So I'm very careful. I mean, I used to be someone that would post something on my story that might be not controversial, but maybe just like at the heat of the moment, I might just throw something up 
on on my story and maybe now I'm double checking that. For example, maybe I should have checked that I shouldn't have posted about the Redfern hot bread being a terrible bakery. <laughs> Because I went to Redfern Hotbread with this guy next to me, Patrick Clifton, and I was greeted with sold out everything, no no selection of pastries, nothing, and uh, no cash only. All right, so it's a tax dodging haven. Regardless, I proceeded to say that this bakery was not good. It was actually, in fact, a zero out of ten bakery. That's what I said at the time. It was put on my story. I thought nothing of it. Little did I know I'm greeted with an onslaught of angry people basically call. I mean, I I can read the messages if we want. I've got one that says, um, you little ginger maggot fuck. Redfern hot bread is the best bakery in the world. Another one. Why are you talking shit about Redfern? You got to face the music, bro. Baby daddy's not happy and neither am I. And I thought, who's baby daddy? Who is Baby Daddy? Well, I scroll down my notifications even further. Baby Daddy hits me with the motherfucker. You better not come around Redfern talking that shit. You wouldn't know flavor if it hit you in the fucking head. And then I had eight missed calls from him. So I have not gone to Redfern since. Baby Daddy, if you're listening, just get a selection, bro. There was nothing. Anyway, How do you get your number? It was uh, over Instagram. Oh, beautiful. So, yeah, um, I guess, to, to put it simply, I'm being very cautious about what I post and what I say because I nearly died. And on the other side of that, you can have people that can also... <laughs> this was so loud. <laughs> okay, that was a loud pour, sorry. On the other side of that. On the other side of that, you can have people who probably aren't as cautious as you and post what they say who don't have a following and they could have fake accounts yes. and they can say whatever they want on your videos. Oh, right. Yeah. So, people, you know, a keyboard warrior. Yeah. How have you been affected by that? Um, You know, it, this is the awful thing, is I wish I could say that the positive comments meant as much as the negative ones. They do. They don't affect me as much as the negative ones. And it's such a stereotype. But it's like, you know, I'm very fortunate that a lot of my... F- like comments are positive and I haven't really been greeted yet with like an onslaught of hate, but there is the occasional one comment, whether it be homophobic, whether it be, you know, just, they didn't like the video, whatever. And that can be so mild and it's all you think about and it's annoying. Cause it's like, ah, oh, well, fuck, like what have I done? Like, you know, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, they do affect you in some instance, N- not, not so much. Like if it like, I don't know. Sometimes, like, I I did a video pretty much. I don't think people knew I was gay. So, like, I posted a video about, like, talking to a guy. And then, like, a, a couple blokes like, oh, unfollowed. What the fuck? I didn't realize you were gay. What the hell? And that doesn't bother me. But if it's, like, you're not funny and you're actually ugly and you are so bad at your entire life, then I'm like, oh, that actually hurts a little bit. It's admirable the way you speak out. So, you've, you've obviously come out gay, as you just mentioned. And you wear your heart on your sleeve and you just say there, those comments don't affect you, but Mm. to some people it really would. Mm. And that's, I guess, a token to you that you don't let it affect you. But what advice would you have for someone who is kind of copying those comments and doesn't really know how to deal with it as well and and maybe hasn't accepted the fact of their sexuality yet? What advice would you give to someone like that? Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, Well, on the comment managing aspect, I mean... It sucks to say, but especially if you're going into something that I do, which is comedy, you have to have 
thick skin where these comments, sure, they can affect you to some degree, but if it's going to like really affect you, I just don't think that posting online as a career is a very mentally safe option. Now, that's obviously not to say if you're not, you know, if you don't have the best mental health in the world, you can't do anything online. That's not that's not at all the case. But I think it is just managing, um, making sure... I think at the end of the day, if you're extremely comfortable with what it is that you're doing, I think that you will find more solace in... You will find that those comments don't affect you as much. Whereas if you are doing something that you don't fully believe in and you're getting the negative comments, then it's like, oh, fuck, I don't even like what I'm doing, and these people aren't liking it. Well, I'm I'm terrible. Whereas if you really and truly believe what you're doing is great, people are going to know that, people are going to like it, and then those negative comments will be not only less, but also they won't affect you as much. But then talk about the side of someone who's just... He's not that career at all. They're just the average Joe. They don't post online. They don't do their stuff, but they're struggling to come with their sexuality or they haven't quite accepted it yet. Oh, okay. Yeah, on that the kind sexuality of aspect. side. Um, look, it took me a very long time to realize that I was gay. I mean, it was quite funny. I mean, this sounds so bizarre, but like I would always get crushes on girls all the time. Like, and I'd be like, oh, I want to get with her because she's like so hot. Boy, oh, look at her bosoms. Oh, like, you know, crazy. And then like, I'll go home i like i literally like there was this one guy this huge we went to like party after party together and i never had the balls to like kiss her or something anyway and then every night i'd go home and bat off to like you know huge men take one up there or you know what i mean like so and then i it didn't click you know what i mean like every time i would you know have a sexual fantasy it would always be about men but i didn't realize i, I reckon i realized i was gay when i was 17 which is late and I think because I grew up at a school where, look, Scots was the best, best school ever. It gave me so many, like, I'm so grateful for it. Saying that a lot of issues, obviously, as any private school does have, it harnesses a lot of, you know, like sort of built in homophobia and sexism and stuff. And I think I was just, I fell victim to that, to not letting myself understand it. Maybe because I didn't, yeah, I just couldn't let myself explore what that maybe meant. So, to the advice of someone, what advice would I have to someone that is um, questioning their sexuality? I think, especially today, there's no real need to throw labels on stuff. I think just explore what you are feeling at the time. People, I don't think, care as much as you think they do, um, which is a big one. Like, I don't think people... I mean, I, if someone tells me they're bisexual or whatever, I'm not going to be, like, thinking about... I'm not going to be up at... Sleeping up at... Like, Pat's into dudes. What the f- like, you know? And I can't, I'm tossing and turning at the thought of Pat, you know, hooking up with a guy. Like, it, really, I don't think of it at all, really. So I don't think people think of it as much as you might think they would. Yeah, I think that's a big part. People overplay, and that's something that we've spoke about a lot. They just play things in their head, and I think that's a big part of anxiety. And I had a conversation with a mate not long ago, one of my good mates, and he was. Both of us were kind of struggling with um, things, and the same thing. We thought, like, what does everyone think? And we just sat back and go, like, it's almost arrogant to think that everyone's thinking about Bro, 100%. You. you know, it's almost like, because if it was someone else, I couldn't care less. Like, you know what I mean? Good on them. But it's just like, it's almost arrogant. It's not arrogant, you know what I mean? No, if it you is. sit back and put it there, it's yeah. like, why would everyone be thinking about me? 
when why would that? Yeah, be exactly. I guarantee that story I told you about those people taking a photo of me on their bike. I bet you that I bet you they were just taking a selfie. It wasn't even <laughs> me. They were just looking in my direction. I'm like, oh, here we go again. They're like, well, who the fuck even are you, bro? It's like we're here for a packet of chips. So like, yeah, like hundred percent, yeah. When you um when you came out, well, did how were your friends? And did you have to select people that you told, or were you pretty happy with your friend group at the time and? You're able just to tell everyone. I was bashed relentlessly. No, no, um, I was, uh, no, I was, um, fortunately, they were quite, they were all very accepting. Um, mum and dad, it took them a while to warm up. Like, I think mum's first question she asked was like, oh, what, so now what, you're just going to go party and take drugs every weekend? And obviously, that was mum's idea of what a gay person was at the time. And now my parents, even my grandparents, who I didn't even, I, you know what? This is such a... I didn't even know my grandparents knew I was gay until like last week because because <laughs> they're very conservative and God bless them. But, you know, they're just, you know, very, you know, white conservative group. And they were like, oh, I want to go see this film with Colin Firth and Stanley Tucci. And I was like, well, grandma, you realize that it's that it's gay relationship film. And she goes, oh, I know that. And my dick just exploded. I was like, well, not really, but like, you know what I mean? I was like, wow, Nan, Nan repping the gay movies. So that was a surprise. But um, yes, my friends were great. Family, it took a while. I sort of smoked bombed my family. I was like, um, hey, I'm gay. And then I went off to college for a year. So I was like, I'm gay, bye. Like, so I gave them time to like, you know, process what's going on. Um, but yeah, like I'm, I'm very grateful. I'm very happy that I have such a good network of friends. What would you, um, similar to Paddy's question before, obviously you're a pretty strong person and I think that comes with not only being a comedian and your personality and your, your willingness to sort of be open in this day and age and hopefully, you know, we get to the stage where it's just a part of life and everyone can accept each other for who, who they are. People that don't have that strength though, like Paddy said before, that are struggling with accepting it or struggling to tell people, what are one or two bits of advice that you would give them apart from, you know, worrying about what people think about dealing with it themselves in their own head? Yeah. I mean, firstly, I am very strong. I bench, what, like 40 kegs in the in the gym, so I'm extremely strong. Um, and, no, uh, yeah, um, t- it's tough because I think a lot of people that are battling with it, they're the ones that are the most, like, homophobic i know that sounds ridiculous but they're the ones that are like annoyed that their friends are gay or you know whatever it is and i again i just really think it comes down to like if you're when when i was struggling with my sexuality i really used that to sort of do what i really loved and i wasn't i mean like for me like the whole realm of sexuality and everything is really secondary to my life and some people prioritize it they think it's important for me it was something that I was like, look, I'm just going to go. I'm going to work on what I love. I'm going to do what I love to do. And the figuring out who I am in that completely other sphere of my life and that other sexual part of my life, that's going to mature with me. And with my own personal growth will come the sexual growth as well. So I think my advice would be if you're, I don't know what, if you play footy, if you're a sportsman, if you're in business, if you're in the arts, whatever it is, and you're struggling with it. Focus on what you love, focus on what you do, and this maturity will will grow with you. I, I, I believe that. Um, if it is something that's really keeping you up at night, I think it's just like, here's, here's a really good piece of advice is 
I boiled it down to this question when I was like, am I gay? And I answered the simplest question. I said, after a long day of work, would I rather go to bed next to a man that I love or a woman that I love? And I think I was like, well, I guess a, I'd rather go to bed with a guy. Like, I guess I'd rather just have a guy sleep next to me and a guy to live with. And I think that was like the most basic boiled down version of it, right? Who would you rather go to sleep with every night? So, um, yeah, that, that was it. And I think that made it, the more simple I made it, the, the more easy it was to understand. Sorry, I just kicked the camera and probably destroyed the whole setup. But yeah, that's I don't know if that's good advice, but maybe that's the worst advice ever given. I think that's great. I think what you said really can take the weight off people's shoulders. And I think, like you said, a lot of people think that their sexuality defines them when it's, in fact, the complete opposite. And Yeah, exactly. You're always going to be a person first. And your sexuality will come after that. So 100%. I think that's a very good message. It, like you said, Lockie, you hope that one day that we can all just live and it's not judged and people don't even have to second guess about telling their parents or telling their friends yeah. that they're gay. But why is it, do you think, that there is such a stereotype and such a stigma again around mental health, around your sexuality for some people? What, why is it there? So why why is it such a daunting thing? Like I understand why, but why oh, is there yeah. that stigma? I think look, I just think the stigma comes from it's something that is just being b- b- bred out of the generations, right? Like I just think being gay was just not something that you could perceive in my circles that I was in, um, and it, it was something way more foreign than it actually is. So for me, I was like, gay? What the hell? No, like that's impossible. That is impossible. I'm doing this. I just I just kicked a thirty yard f- footy conversion for the under 15 Fs. I'm not gay. Like, are you kidding me? So maybe it's just different. Like, yeah, I think it's just like one of those things where eventually with a stigma from our parents, grandparents, whatever it is, it, it'll be less and less and less until it's the point of just like, oh, this is just a thing. I think it's just a label as well. <clears throat> so say if we're talking about Will, it'd be like, oh, you know, oh, you know I, went to, I went to the Redfern Bakery the other day with Will. And I go, oh, who's Will? And I go, oh, the gay one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Or it's like, oh, well, I went to the bakery with Pat. Which Pat? Oh, you know, Pat, the one with mental health issues. Yeah. You know, I think I think it's just like the label and we're so used to it now where we just label people as, oh, you know, he's gay or, oh, Pat. Oh, yeah, Pat. By the way, you, you know, Pat had this, this and this going on. You know yeah. what I mean? So, everyone's, so I think everyone's scared of being labeled as not the norm. If that makes sense. Yeah, that's a great point. Like, yeah, you don't want it to define who you are. And I think like being yeah, like, yeah, well, yeah. If, yeah, if I'm lumping myself into this entire category of like gay, well, there's so many more sub branches under that. So it's like a bit concerning to just be lumped onto that one thing. I agree 100% with that. Yeah. But it's scary. It's terrifying. But at the end of the day, look, like it's good for comedy. It helps me perform on stage. Like it's something that's great. I can get up there and, you know, tell some 45-year-old dude to, you know, suck me off in the bathroom and I get a big laugh. You know, like that's not something I could maybe do. I was just going to say you use it to your advantage in a really good way in your comedy aspect of things. Mm. Like you don't overplay it, but obviously I've come and watched you a few times and the way you perceive it into a not a positive way, but a, a way that you can use what is conceived to be a negative thing, quotation, yeah. into a positive aspect. And it brings a kind of lighthearted aspect to the whole thing. 
Yeah, well, I think it's just making it's like, okay, like, yeah, well, like, you know, there are some dudes that might see being gay as like this big, scary, crazy thing. And I'm like, well, I'm going to throw it back in your face and just show how ridiculous that idea might be. So it's just fun to sort of poke fun at. Um, some other gay comics don't like it. They think I'm trivializing being gay, whatever it is. Look, it's my experience. This is what I think. Like, so I know. So go fuck. No, no, no. So, you know, yeah. Obviously, obviously being, you know, um, TikTok famous, obviously being, you know, openly gay and have a successful comedy career. Do you feel like you've opened a channel for other young people who are questioning their sexuality? Like, have you ever got someone to come up to you go, hey, mate, you know, I'm really inspired by you. I've actually been thinking about this stuff as well. Do you reckon you've kind of opened up a new channel in that aspect of things? Um, I, I personally haven't um, had someone say that to me, like, oh, you know, you inspire me to do this. But yeah. I, I would say, like, I myself have been inspired by maybe, you know, other comedians, whether they're gay or not, but, like, other people that I say, oh, they can do that, so I want to go and do that as well. So I do think I'm I am a product of other people's stuff, you know, of other people going and doing great things. So therefore I'm being inspired by them and then I'm sure maybe somewhere down the line there might be someone that sees me and says, "Oh, well if he's going to do that, I'll go do that as well." So not at the moment. I I don't think I have open channels, but other people before me definitely have for me to then go in. I would challenge you and say 100% you've opened channels, without a doubt, just because no one's messaged you and said it directly. Like you said before, you don't underestimate, you underestimate your kind of influence on people. Mm. And I think I would say 110% you've had an impact on someone's life, for sure. Yeah, no, I think I've... yeah, like hopefully maybe I've had, I think I've had an impact, sure, but but like maybe inspiring, sure, like I guess, like I, but I think, you know, it's, I don't know, it's it's not something that I'm really gunning, it's, that's not my goal, I know that sounds very selfish, I mean, because I'm nowhere near making, you know, like I've only really just started, so it's like my goal isn't to be like, oh, I'm going to leave this, le-. my goal is to like, okay, I want to establish myself first, and then hopefully I can give other people a chance, and it's sort of the this idea of like, look, just do you, and if people follow, then that's probably more genuine than if you're trying to be this like beacon. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent for sure. I got a question for you on your goals, Will. I mean, talk talk us through it. What does it look like for you, or what have you even thought about? I mean, is it doing your own shows, like your own big shows, eventually, and selling out theaters? Is it uh, getting on TV and movies? Where do you see yourself? The first one. Yeah, I mean the the biggest goal is I'm currently doing a show now, writing a show now. So my own hour, um, which I want to tour. I think hopefully at the end of towards the end of this year, I'll be doing it in Sydney, Melbourne, maybe in Brisbane. So that'll be the first step, and then, um, and then from there, yeah, like I love creating online stuff. I'd love to move into YouTube realm and sort of do like a little more longer form, higher budget stuff. Like vlog type things or like vlogs or like longer sketches and things like that. Um, and then I love writing. I love I love creating. I love film. So like I would love to make I don't know short films or or t- write TV shows, all that sort of stuff. So just anything in the realm of like Matt O'Kine is a great example. He's someone he did radio and then he's done stand up and he's written his own TV show and he does pretty much everything. So something along those lines, everything in the film and comedy industry. But the main goal is I love performing live. Like, I think that's just my main thing, selling out shows. And that's sort of what I love to do. Just before I ask the next question, <clears throat> we're just going to go on with our, um, 
We have a special discount code. Yes. If you're listening to this episode, for all our merchandise online, we've got brand new long sleeve, we've got some hoodies, we've got some t-shirts, we've got some hats, we've got some beanies, we're really low on hats, um, and we've got some bumper stickers. So, we've got a special Gib 20, that'll get you 20%, 20% off your merchandise, that's B 20 no capitals. And I think they just sold out of the butt plugs, but they're back in store very soon, and Gib 20 will get you a pre-order on them and the cock rings as well. So, get in there very quick. Gib 20. But if I can go back to earlier on when you mentioned you're a pretty anxious person. Yes. How was that growing up? Did you Was that something that developed from your comedy career, do you think? Like you said, when you're in public, people kind of recognize you and that brought on anxiety or do you think growing up, you always had it? Was there a kind of defining point where it was like, oh, wow. I think I always had it. And I think the, the real life, it was, it was interesting because I think- it's gotten a little bit better as I've gotten older, but I think when I was still figuring myself out and like I couldn't fully connect, like the group of friends that I had around year nine and 10 weren't the friends I have now. And I, you know, was trying, I feel like I was always like vying for their attention and I wasn't really getting it. And I sort of felt on the outer. And yeah, like I would have nights where I would just hate myself and I'd cry and I'd just be like, oh, fuck this, like this is the worst. And I knew, I always knew I wanted to perform and I always wanted to do comedy, but I think like, you know, it wasn't celebrated, really. It was, you play footy, like, they're the cool kids and all that stuff. So, I was like, ah, oh, damn it. Like, I'm just not going to be cool, I guess. Which, at the time, when you're 15 and you get told you're not going to be cool, that's like getting told, you know, that you're about to blow up or something like that. So, it's like, not, like, physically blow up, I mean. Like, you're actually, you're going to explode. Like, so, like, it's not a great feeling. So, yeah, I think this anxiety that I always had was, I've, I mean, I've always had it. If I'd watch a scary movie and then now I'm, you know, scared for a week about i don't know george harvey from the lovely bone something ridiculous like that so but my anxiety was i think really bad at a point where i was just like i would just go in waves like i would be so so depressed and even after a performance i feel so low after a performance because you get this insane high that will never ever be matched of getting a, a laugh on stage to then like nothing and that's a bad that's a bad ride. Like, that's a bad, yeah, drop, I think. Yeah. So, that is bad to manage. It's interesting how that works because I remember, like, and I know it's nothing sort of compared to what you're doing, but I remember when I was playing footy that I would feel the best after a match and that was because I was so worried about what was going to go on during the game. Mm. So, it's interesting how that works that whilst we feed off it, it can also be crippling at times. Like I, I struggle with a lot of nerves before games and things like that. Do you, I don't know, that's a question for after as well. If you get nervous before you perform, but it's interesting that it's just probably a release of toxins and a release of emotions that when it's over, you know, you feel your best. Whereas you're saying that you feel completely down in the dumps. Yeah. Like, well, b- b- the question of, do I get nervous? Um, yes. And it's like my, fa- my, my favorite feeling in the world is this feeling in my stomach where I'm like, I just like, I feel like this weird flutteriness in my stomach and I'm about to get on stage and whoever is going to announce me is on stage and they're about to call my name. And I have no idea what's going to happen. Uh, you know, I've practiced all this stuff. I, I know it's funny. I hope the audience is ready. Like all these things are rushing through my head like that. And then you step on stage and it goes away. And now I'm in this zone where like, this is what I live for. Like, this is it. And then bang, boom, boom, boom. Like you get these laughs, bang, 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 bang. Even, you know what? 
even if it doesn't go that well, there's still that feeling of like I'm alive right now and I'm in it and I'm and I'm going through. And then you come off and you're like, ah, oh, so I won't have that again for a couple days. And now it's like, well, damn it. You know what I mean? Like now, and that's, I think why like I addiction. Love, yeah, it is. It's like coming off a, a drug high or something because it's like, and then that's why I love film so much in movies is because like I can feel, because like that is another thing that gets me super excited is like a good movie or a good TV show where I'm like, holy shit, like what's happening here? So I think, or gaming as well. Like that feeling. So I'm always like trying to inject myself with this sort of dopamine hit of like, whether it's laughs, whether it's views on TikTok, whether it's a movie, whether it's anything that can get me like up to this level because then it just drops again. Did you ever speak out those times where you were feeling really anxious and those nights where you did come home where we just sit there and cry? Did you ever reach out to someone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would reach out to a couple of friends and I would just speak about it and and all that sort of stuff. And- it was just always something where I was like, oh, you know, it'll be fine. Like, and I guess at times it was fine. It was very fine. And then other times it wouldn't be. But I had my like support networks there. And I think it was just the classic example of I always thought that in order to be an artist, you have to suffer. Like that is a very uh, common misconception. People seem to think that all artists are broken people, which just isn't the case. Um so I think I was just like writing it out and just seeing what would go. And, and I realized that I do need to find a outlet for it, I think. So like I'm of the opinion that there are people that are really broken in the comedy scene that see th- stand up as their own sort of therapy. And I just don't think that's healthy. I think you actually have to fix yourself. Because sure, like I go up, I get a really big high and then I drop again. But that's a normal feeling of a drop. Like if if I'm a broken person and I'm getting on stage and that's the only time I'm happy, that is when I would have concerns. So I think it's like knowing the balance of like, okay, I'm I'm a happy, healthy person off stage, but I prefer to be on stage. So I think it's finding that. And what advice would you give to your 15-year-old self now? My 15-year-old self? Yeah. Suck a dick, mate, and just enjoy it. No, I don't know. (laughs) Um... To my 15-year-old self, it would have to be um, just enjoy every every moment that you're given and don't feel that you have to fit into the group that is the cool group because they don't hold – their values aren't wrong as much as I disagree with them. They're not wrong for them. Their values aren't yours. So don't try and fit in with a certain group. Excel in what you want to do and just take every opportunity you can and always say yes to stuff if it's something that's in your boat. You know what I mean? So don't say no to an audition for a play or anything. Like just do everything that you can and don't feel the need to, yeah, feel like I need to be like this person because they're cool and they're fingering all the girls at the movies or something. Like don't don't be like that person, I guess. Be yourself and yeah, hundred percent. I know it's really cringe, but it's just like it's so it's so true. No, I wouldn't say it's cringe at all. It's so. so true and um, I guess that's hard for some people to accept which is kind of sad and I guess everyone kind of goes through it at some stage of their life but some people more severe than others in different kind of aspects and avenues. Well, if someone's listening to this right now and they're kind of going through the same thoughts that you were going through questioning their sexuality and it doesn't have to be their sexuality but just for this example with you, what advice would you give them right now? Um, Look at people who inspire you and people you like 
and just see why you like them, understand what it is they do that you think is cool. And more often than not, that is the avenue that you will want to follow. And understand that people, like your sexuality just doesn't define you. I think that's just like the main thing. I'm a gay dude that loves to go to the footy or a gay dude that loves watching football. You know what I mean? Like, or anything, you know what I mean? Like, so there's other gay people that prefer more stereotypically gay stuff. You know, everyone's different. As Lucas said earlier, being gay is just an umbrella label term that people sometimes use and labels are scary. But I think my biggest thing is, yes, just reach out to people that, you know, are in the same boat as you. If if you know that there are other people going through the same thing as you, reach out. I know it, it does sound quite scary, but I don't know. I just think there's no harm in in putting yourself out there if you know that that is what you want to do. Just be really, just, yeah, I think take care of yourself first before you take those steps. And by taking care of yourself, I mean, just have a look, reach out to anyone that you can and just have an open discussion with either yourself, a professional, a friend, anything like that, Um, which is what my 15-year-old self maybe should have done more rather than trying to sit at the back of the bus on the way to the athletics carnival and hide a stiffy. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. All right. Well, thank you for that advice. Guys, please stay tuned. After this little break, we're going to come over with an improv sketch. So one you don't want to miss. Thank you. Welcome back to Turn Up The Talk. Will Gibb, improv sketch. What do you got for us, mate? Well, you know, give me some points that you want to hit. What do you want to see? You give me what you want to see and then we'll go through. Characters, locations, uh, certain people. Could you Bay Hotel on a Saturday afternoon, packed to the brim? Okay. And I'm, I'm doing stand-up? And you're, you're part of a footy team who's just walked in. Oh, Okay. Sweet. All right. Hey, hey, boys. Hey, hey, hey. All right. Hey, oi, 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 oi. Shut the fuck up. Hey, hey, hey. All right, oi. I'll get, I'll get first round. I'll get first round. Oi, Paddy. Paddy. You were shit today, mate, but that's all good. All right. Oi, uh, bartender. Lockie. Lockie, the bartender. What's up, mate? Hey, mate. How can I help you? Well, mate, you can help me by fucking getting me a drink, mate. I'll tell you what. Oi. What would you like? No, don't give me that, mate. What's the smile on your face, mate? What am I doing? Oh, win? yeah. Oh, you're happy to see me, are you? Oh, is that sarcastic, are you, mate? No, nah, you think you're. No, no, no. You think you're what? You think you is just some sort of big dog because you're sitting there. Is that what it is, mate? No, nah, mate. What, what can I get you? Oh, I'll tell you what you can get me, mate. Is, 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 a, better, is a better response, mate. I'm sick of this disrespect. You can get me a glass of respect. That's all you can get me, mate. So, how about Midi- you try sc- again? Midi or schooner? I'll take a pint, mate. <laughs> I'll take a pint of respect, mate. All right? Oi, Jamos. Get, put your cock back in, mate. We're in the beer garden, mate. Stop smoking out of it. All right, Lockie. Now, here's the thing, mate. We're going to fight right now, mate, because I'm sick of you, mate. I'm so over this. Let's go. Crack. Beer glass breaks. Will cracks a beer glass over Lockie's head. He grabs and slides him over the bar. Pat comes over. Punt kicks Lockie as well. Oi, Paddy, mate, you may have dropped a ball on the footy field tonight, but that was a good kick, bro. End scene. There you go. That's called the argument at the bar. 
<laughs> can we get one more, please? Yeah. Okay, so I got one more. This can be um, pre-coming out Will, because I think it's also important to laugh at yourself. And so this will be pre-coming out Will, trying to blend in with the boys and trying to chat about all things ladies. So here we go. Oh, Monday. This is Monday chemistry, year 10. Oh, boys. What a weekend, eh? That was pretty fun. Patty, what'd you think? Yeah, mate, I had a ball. Had oh, a ball. ball? What are you? Bloody, what, balls? <laughs> nice one, mate. Lockie, he said balls. How weird's that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you guys, how crazy is this? So, you know, um, I was just, like, hanging out, you know what I mean? And um, this, like, oh, like, bosoms, eh? Boys, they're so sick. Don't you reckon? They're just, like, so pretty. And I was just, like, oh, like, oh, I just, like, love, like, to, like, you know what I mean? Like, and I, I, so she came up to me, right? Like, she goes to another school. You definitely don't know her. Um, and, uh. No, what's her name? I, I might know her. Oh, no. Well, uh, she goes to, um, yeah, no, nah, you definitely wouldn't know. It's another, it's in, like, Papua New Guinea. I don't think you'd know her. It's, like, heaps other school. And yeah, so anyway, like you definitely don't know her anyway. And she's also 40. Uh, and uh, so she was just like, oh, I want to kiss you. And I was like, trust. You know what I mean? Like, obviously. So like we kissed and then like, I don't know. It was just like so crazy. Like we just had like wild, crazy like sex. It was so mad. But this was again, you guys definitely do not know her. And like, I just was so good. I lasted four hours, which was insane. <laughs> Longest ever. It was so good, bro. And uh, yeah, so anyway, let's move on the subject. How good's uh, footy? Yeah, good win on the weekend, eh, Gibby? I don't know. I didn't watch it. I was too busy having sex with this cool girl. Four <laughs> hours, mate. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, Will. So um, I'm sure everyone's got a good insight into your comedy now. Uh, not only your story, but how... And what you do, where can people find you? I know obviously restrictions are tight at the moment, but when they open back up, have you got any gigs lined up? I'll be doing a show of mine, hopefully September, October time. So I'll be posting that on my Instagram, which is just Will Gibb or Will dot underscore Will Gibb. Um, and if you want to go on TikTok, it's the same Will Yum Gibb. So I do some funny sketches and things like that on there. So um, yeah, thank you very much for having me. And uh, yeah. What a fun time. Awesome, guys. Thank you for listening. And don't, don't forget your merch time. codes. Gib20. Merch codes, as Paddy revealed in the middle of the episode, Gib20, no capital letters, and that'll get you 20% off merch. New long sleeves, new beanies. Also got our golf day merch there and the OGs, the hoodies and the T-shirts. Unreal. Thank you for listening. Airshays. Turn Up The Talk podcast, tackling mental health together.